Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hi, today on the Irish Tech News podcast, uh, we have an interesting interview with uh, an Irish-based company that are have been doing interesting things, have been successful, and are now going for a new uh, round of activities, which we're going to talk about. So I guess, first of all, who do we have the pleasure of speaking to today? Hi, Simon. It's uh, Niall O'Reilly here um, from Wavelength, um, and like, likewise, uh, an absolute pleasure to hop on the podcast today. Great. Um, okay, so I guess first up, um, is it a logical progression? in general to what you're doing now and i guess i mean both pre the founding of wavelength and then what you've been up to with wavelength over the last year or so as well yeah so i suppose the answer to that is definitely no so kind of given a brief background on myself so i would have worked uh, in kpmg and um, doing a graduate program for approximately four years um, uh, training as an accountant and doing my auditing exams as well there so I suppose towards the end of that contract, um, I kind of became a little bit more interested in the space that I currently am in right now. Um, and after that point, then I kind of decided that it was it was really moving into that, making a progression into that um, new space that I suppose I'd kind of stumbled upon. Um, and like 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 to that point, it's not really or it hasn't been, I suppose, a, a real kind of general trend or progression that you would associate with someone that's working in KPMG. Um, but again, like that, um, towards the end of the, the, the graduate program, I kind of decided then um, that it was kind of best that, you know, I kind of follow this kind of vision or the idea or concept that I did have. Um, I was kind of in a good, you know, period in, in time or in, in my life that it made sense to kind of give this a crack, give it a go. Um, and like that, I've I've been I've been working on this since May last year. So, um, you know, I suppose a sign of just it going well is is that it's it's still in operation and I'm still working on it ever since. So, um, yeah, it hasn't been a general progression, but kind of one that um, that I'm obviously have delight now in, in hindsight to have undertaken. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And and, and why are you saying that? I was thinking though that uh, a lot of people, um, uh, a lot of founders do actually come from the big four and then strike out, and therefore they may not have been exactly doing what they then move on to do in their startup. But it still seems that you know I've seen quite a few founders come out of the big four, EY, KPMG, and and the rest of them. So uh, I can still see that that it could make sense. So look, uh, what is wavelength and what is the problem it's trying to solve? Yeah, so Wavelength is a decentralized, uh, completely autonomous social media platform. Um, essentially, the value or the, or the proposition that we're, that we're bringing that's slightly different to what's out there at the moment is we're creating an ID verified uh, social media platform. Um, also, that with, with, with everything that we're doing with the cryptocurrency side of things, which essentially is um, providing a rewards based system for the users that a user can come onto the platform and earn rewards in cryptocurrency, but also earn rewards in the form of dividends from profits from the company. So it's really a user centric model that allows the user to um, earn rewards, earn, I guess, monetize their time on the platform, all within a completely verified social space, um, which we believe will, will essentially lead to a, a safer community um, or a safer network um, for all the users. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Definitely. So that's the, that's the, uh, the proposition. Um, as you mentioned, you um, uh, commenced, launched, began this last May. So, so May to February. Um, what have you done in that time? And I know that you have had some success along the way. So I guess, uh, how, what, what, how did you go from where you were, and where are you at now? Yeah, so to kind of give a little bit of a roadmap. So when we first started this, um, it was truly an idea and a concept um, very much centered around the whole ID verification concept. Um, and this was just off the back of, you know, I guess the backlash against social media platforms not having a verified user base. So once we started the idea, um, it kind of just grew kind of legs along the way in the way that um, we can't really look back and have imagined, uh, really imagined it to have uh, to have done so. Um, and to kind of speak to that, really, the idea or concept from May um, to where we are now has evolved in ways, like I said, that we couldn't have really imagined. So that's kind of been the beauty of this is that when the idea really started, we didn't really know what route we were maybe taking back then. But the vision now, um, after nine months, um, has become very clear. So to that point from from that point to where we are now really it's kind of the time um you know to to go out now and and really kind of showcase what our idea really is and we've had that time to really spend um you know thinking deeply about what we wanted to do what the value and the vision was for the for the platform um and like you mentioned we we have had success along the way so what we decided to do off the off the concept alone from the early stage back in may was that we wanted to actually integrate a cryptocurrency um, onto the platform as well. So the trading on that cryptocurrency at the time would have driven um, you know, revenues in, in the space of maybe three months of close to 50,000 US dollars um, and reached an all-time high cap- market capitalization of 4.2 million. And this was simply based off the idea or the concept. So the people or the investors or the or the users that were actually you know, backing this token that didn't really have a platform to um, integrate with at the time. We're simply backing the idea and the concept that a fully verified social network was something that people really wanted to see. And um, outside of all the, you know, the rewards that we will be implementing on the platform too. So that was massively successful from our side because, like I mentioned, we didn't have the platform and simply just had the idea. So that was extremely positive on our side. And um, once we tailored that back and took a a kind of a not I wouldn't say a more serious approach, but we took a little bit more of a, a step back and asked ourselves, okay, are we building here for scale or are we building off this kind of initial idea? So like I said, it's been nine months since um, this idea has started and that has been quite a quite a substantial amount of time. But what it's allowed us to do is really focus on the vision and the proposition that we wanted to, you know, to bring to our users. Um, and I guess since that, um, the success of that we've obviously got quite a big following now on on our socials many different features that the platform will actually offer as well so yeah really and truly it's been massively successful over the over the number of months that we've had just the time to really spend on on the idea and the concept and i suppose now that we are um kind of finalized on those points we have started the development of the platform itself so um yes a lot has happened since since may last year Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and and I mean, obviously, that, that like you say, the the, val- if it, the validation of the idea is always uh, 
good, useful, necessary, because if people don't get the idea, then it's pointless having the platform. But at the same time, you have to build the platform. So it's a bit of push and pull, but, but you but you had the one that validated the, the point of doing it. Um, you have just secured funding with Algorand, and then you're about to do a crowdfunding campaign. So I guess, how does Algorand help you? And then, then we'll talk about what the plan is for the crowdfunding. Absolutely, yeah, and and that was kind of one thing I I I, I kind of didn't mention towards the end of that. That more recently we have secured um, Algorand funding, um, which is for a, a, a substantial amount of money, which we kind of didn't really envisage kind of happening at the start of this. But what we are doing, like I said, is is I guess a little bit different to what the normal social media or the traditional form of social media platforms are doing. In that we are going to be fully decentralized, which means there is no you know, one, um, I guess, over, overarching view on on ownership um, for our platform. So with the decentralized model, it means that we need a blockchain or an existing blockchain to build our social media platform on. So there are numbers of protocols that are out there. And for maybe, you know, listeners that are interested in cryptocurrency, that might be Ethereum, that might be Binance, that could be even Bitcoin. But some of these protocols do offer a solution for existing use cases to actually build on top of their protocol. And Algorand was one that we kind of looked at and said, well, these guys are, are doing a lot of things that align with the ethos and the vision that we have for Wavelength. Um, so upon approaching them, um, we had initially um, applied for the grant application there. And like you mentioned, that was uh, that was successful that we've recently only heard and, and are kind of launching that on our socials in terms of getting the word out there to our community that that was a, a success from our side. So that's been absolutely brilliant. Um, and then to speak to your second point, the crowd fundraise on Spark is due to launch um, in the next day or two. So that's again for the equity side um, of our fundraise. And um, we're hoping to bring in um, investors on board to, you know, to, to help us with the development of our of our social media platform. Okay, so uh, strategically, it always makes sense to maybe do crowdfunding after you already have something to work with and that you've already done things. Because otherwise, if you're having to do it all via crowdfunding and you don't get the amount, then you can't do it. Whereas this way around that you're doing it, 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 it means that you can build out from a position of strength. So with your crowdfunding, um, I guess, uh, one, uh, why did you choose to take this route? And then two, uh, what's the goal? And I guess if you, if you get all of the goal, does it enable you to do everything? And if you get half of the goal, as an example, do you do half? Like, is it one of those ones where you need to raise everything to be able to do things or, or do you have stretch goals depending on the amount that you raise? Yeah. So I guess to speak to the first point around why, um, why crowdfunding? So from our perspective, our model um, or kind of the vision that we do have for the platform is it will be completely community based. Um, and I guess a lot of the decisions that we will want in terms of the governance of the platform will be driven by the users and the community itself. So we don't want to sit from the, you know, from the side of powers that the centralized platforms like Facebook or Twitter are sitting at. We want this to be run, governed and used by the community itself. So we are setting up that way and I guess um crowdfunding really speaks to that even more so the more investors involved the better um from from our perspective 
just not for in, investment purposes, but of course from um, you know feedback and, and interest purposes from from investors that having as many eyes on this as possible is something that will be really you know beneficial for a social media platform. You know, social media platforms are all about networking effects, um, and the more people that you can get involved, the more people that you can get feedback from will always, I guess, be 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 a lot stronger for you know really strengthening those network effects, which is getting as many users on board here um, that want to actually really use your platform for the value that it's really creating. So um, the more people, the merrier, of course, um, but that, that's kind of the purpose for, um, for choosing a, a crowdfunding platform as opposed to a traditional maybe uh, VC investment at this early stage. Um, to the second point around the goal, so Spark Crowdfund uh, fundraise is for a safe note, um, we're looking to achieve a 300,000 uh, euro equity raise um, and the entire goal actually needs to be reached in order for that to be a successful raise. So um, only going halfway, unfortunately, doesn't cut it for us. So it needs to be fulfilled to the fullest, basically to the fullest amount. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean, uh, looking at the Spark site, the uh, previous campaigns they have run have been successful. They do seem to have uh, a high percentage of success on previous campaigns, which is good. And, and we have interviewed them and we, we get the sense that they, they do fewer projects, but they're aiming to look at ones that are, you know, the, the, the right choice. Um, I guess a quick question is, 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 is the simple one about when does it start and when does it finish? So essentially, we're due to start in the next day or two. Um, so this week, um, and we're hoping that the that the fundraise will be completed in approximately six to eight weeks. Generally speaking, that's what we've seen from other platforms or, or other um, other campaigns that have launched on Spark that they tend to last that kind of period of time. So I'm um, hoping to close out in approximately six to eight weeks. Cool, and we'll have all the details in the piece. Um, if everything goes well for you, uh, what will good look like by, say, Q3, Q4 of 2022 and beyond? So from, from our perspective, the, the utilization of the funds is simply down to employment. Um, we want to, uh, I guess, grow our team. We want to get ahead of marketing, ahead of growth, um, and then obviously look to employ some more, um, some more employees on, on, our, on our tech team. What good or great looks like for us really is down to a simple metric of user acquisition. Um, so I briefly spoke about networking effects, which is the whole thing around the stickiness of a, of a social network, why people come back and utilize it on a regular basis. Um, not only acquisition, but retention. Um, so they're kind of the metrics that we're really focused on, which is all about the users. Um, now, the important piece to that is that sometimes our idea of what a social network should look like for a user isn't always what the user wants either so there will be a lot of movement um in the next number of in the next number of months as we do kind of get more feedback as we launch our beta version and start to get more and more users on board we kind of anticipate that by the end of q2 this year that we'll have a beta version launched and ready for users to actually start getting onboarded with and i suppose by the end of this year um we're looking to get a total of 180,000 users um at a minimum on board the platform and actually using it on a regular basis so after that point um really it's really it's just building out partnerships building out um the network effects of a social media platform which again is is truly down to that metric of, of users mm -hmm. yep yep definitely i mean that's the bottom line really are people using it
Um, so I guess, do you, do you know who your target audience and users are, or is it still a degree of uh, exploration? Because obviously you've got the early, the crypto early adopters who, who were looking from a tokenomics point of view, but I imagine for growth and community, uh, th there are other groups that you're probably looking for, and do you know who they are, or, or, or who would be your ideal audience and users? Yeah, so I suppose the, the target audience is, is of course, it's large in, in terms of if you were to break it down per the numbers of, um, you know, in, in, in a very specific age range, but unfortunately it's just not as simple as that. So we've kind of called these things atomic networks, which are your base layer kind of user bases within kind of different niches of a, of a social network that is very, it's extremely important to focus on making sure that you're tailoring for a niche network that are constantly going to use your platform on a regular basis so unfortunately it's just not as simple as kind of going out into the market and saying right we want to target crypto adopters which is certainly as a specific portion of of what we're doing and crypto enthusiasts or crypto natives will understand what our platform and the benefits that are attached to our platform will have for them but we are focused on, you know, mass adoption and, and bringing this idea to the masses of people that might be too familiar with, you know, everything that's to do with cryptocurrency, because there is a place on our platform for people to interact with everything around the verification, you know, everything around our USPs really is where we're kind of targeting these audiences um, with, like I said, or, or mentioned within these atomic networks. And specifically, there's no number attached to these atomic networks, but it's important to focus on, you know, small pools of people that are in extremely niche places where the platform that they're using really caters to their experience. Um, and focusing on that really comes back to the whole thing of retention. So, you know, I guess blasting out a huge marketing budget is not something that's going to be beneficial just to get users on board. And I did mention that user acquisition was an important thing for us, but it's also important to realize that user acquisition doesn't lead always lead to user retention and the, the usps of the platform need to be really strong in order for the user to con continue to use the platform on a regular basis and to come back to the app every single day because they're truly getting value from it and that really comes down to those atomic networks identifying the people that are i guess understanding the niche market or the niche i guess um concept that that they're really using this platform for and what makes them happy on the platform. So we're really focusing in on that. And um, I, I suppose an overarching view would be that, you know, crypto enthusiasts is certainly one aspect of the people that we will be targeting, but we have kind of settled our efforts in Ireland in year one to see how many people we can bring into the space in a very uh, low barrier of entry way. So we want this platform to be used by many different people from, you know, many different target markets that were our target audiences that we're identifying, but that it really is providing a niche experience to them, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, while you want to be big to grow, you have to grow with community and the community has to be a good fit. Um, uh, penultimate question then. Uh, last week, Facebook announced uh, a drop in users, you know, which obviously is as important, uh, John Norton and the observers are writing about, you know, network growth can growth can both grow very fast upwards and it can also fall very quickly too. Um, do you see this as an opportunity and a validation of why you guys are trying to offer something different? Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose without bashing, you know, Facebook too much, I know that, that the, 
the idea or the concept that they would have initially had was bringing communities closer together. The, the unfortunate thing was maybe their scale is kind of catching up with them now that there's nearly too many users to provide this, you know, maybe niche experience too, which is something that we're, we kind of have a, an upper hand in that sense that we can kind of build from the ground up again and realize the mistakes these, you know, big tech firms maybe have not maybe got wrong, but like you said, a, a drop in users and there has been a lot more, um, you know, I guess more, more headlights on, on these, um, you know, big tech companies at the moment. So it's certainly an opportunity. Um, the reasons around the drop in users, I'm not sure if that's to do with their expansion into the metaverse now. Um, and that's kind of the drop off in users has come simply from that, just on the back of not really understanding what that space is, or if it is down to the fundamental maybe issues of, you know, online hate and, you know, racism, toxic things that are actually happening on a daily basis on these platforms that moderators are on unfortunately just not able to moderate anymore because of the scale um that facebook have um so certainly the drop in users is is, is definitely it's it's interesting to us um to see how th these things actually tend to happen so that we on our side of things can really i guess focus on what maybe they're not getting right and we have you know spent the last nine months thinking about these things you know very deeply to make sure that we're not only built for scale but we are built for purpose um and coming down to that kind of final question of you know if it is an opportunity i'm not sure right now if it is or not you know speaking to what we're i guess targeting right now at the moment but it's certainly very interesting from our perspective to see what maybe they aren't getting too right and to be able to focus on that um, and maybe evolve some of their initial ideas that they're just not implementing too well at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a fluid space. Uh, so it's been a pleasure to talk to you now. How can people learn more about you and the campaign? Absolutely. Yeah. And likewise, Simon, a pleasure talking to yourself. So the Spark um, crowdfunding will be soon to launch in the next number of days and a lot of information will be on there. Of course, our website, our socials, i.e. Our, our LinkedIn and our Twitter, but all that information will be on Spark in the in the coming days and everyone can find, I suppose, all the information that they that they really need on, on, on that on that platform. Perfect. So thanks very much, Noel. Brilliant. Simon, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.